11 to 1 show. Get paid to watch a fantastic Irish hit comedy series. That sounds like the ideal job. More details after UB40. The UB40 version of the Sunny and Cher classic, I Got You Babe. Getting paid to watch TV. Now that sounds sweet enough. But getting paid to watch this sounds amazing. Well, the following papers, please report to Sister Michael's office, Erin Quinn, Claire Devlin, Michelle Mallon, Orly McCool, and the wee English fella. Who get expelled? Nobody ever actually gets expelled. Wanda Golger hasn't even been expelled and she's an A.R.A. So that's probably why. Don't love it. I love this. Apparently, meanwhile in Ireland, the Irish media platform, they are hiring for the world's best job. They are searching for a Derry Curls TV show critic. I kid you not. This is on a short term contract, but uh, they are looking for basically somebody to watch the entire series, analyse each episode and create a thorough review. I mean, what is not to love about that? You're expected to work four to six hours per week, just per week. I mean, hours alone uh, each day for Dairy Girls would be great. You have to be 16 or over and you have three weeks to submit all your thoughts on the show. Sounds very easy. Sounds ideal. So they need somebody to dissect the iconic series and give a ranking of the best Dairy Girls episodes and put them in order to create the ultimate guide. Now, that could be a bit of pressure you know, because uh, somebody's episode is might not be your favourite and all that. But no experience is necessary. But if you're a huge Dairy Girls fan, you want to build a bit of portfolio for yourself, this could be the role for you. Uh, fluent written and spoken English, bit of partial to the crack as well. And you must understand Irish banter. That's sort of the only stipulations in this, OK? Uh, meanwhile in Ireland say that the role will offer a candidate a chance to contribute to the leading media platform at an exciting stage of their growth. I mean, and you get paid to watch, uh, paid to watch Dairy Girls and write reviews for Meanwhile in Ireland. All of the details on meanwhileinireland.com. She looked stunning at the Brit Awards recently, Ellie Golding. Shame Tom Grennan had to make a bit of a comment on her, let's just say assets at the Brit Awards. But she seems to have shrugged it off and she just said, look, you know, it's it's fine. It's grand. She's, you know, forgiven him. All is forgiven. Ellie Golding there with love you, love me like you do. Just to remind people, Drogheda Credit Union, they are hosting their donation day today across its branches in Drogheda, Dunleer, Trim and East Meath. They want to raise as much funds as they can to support the people affected by the recent earthquake disaster in Turkey and Syria. So they're inviting all of their members to join them and donate what they can. All of the money will go directly to UNICEF Ireland to help children impacted by the disaster. So it's running uh, since 9.30am this morning right up until five and every little bit helps to go towards that fund. Sad news this morning. Hollywood has lost another icon. More details next. The 11 to 1 show. That would be torture. Can't stand the Dairy Girls, says Paul Shields in the league. Oh, Paul. 
I don't know. I think that there's a lot of Dairy Girls fans that would love that job uh, for Meanwhile in Ireland. However, later on in the show, I am talking TV. So perhaps there's something in my recommendations that might uh, take your fancy. We'll be chatting about that a little bit later on. Hollywood star, though, and legendary bombshell Raquel Welch has died at the age of 82. Very sad news this morning. But there's always one movie that I'll remember her from. More after Laura Isabor. Wake up. I didn't know that Raquel Welch started off her career as a weather presenter. I had no idea about that. Uh, sadly, the legendary bombshell has passed away after a brief illness. Uh, her manager shared this in a statement yesterday. And with a career spanning over 50 years, starring in over 30 films and 50 TV series and appearances, she's also a Golden Globe winner as well. But she started it all off as a weather presenter on a San Diego TV station. Then she moved to Texas. She modelled there for a department store. She worked as a cocktail waitress as well. But her acting career took off. She secured small uh, cameo roles in A House Is Not A Home and a musical uh, starring Elvis Presley as well. Both kind of were released around the 1964 era. Then she went on, obviously, to star in other movies in the 60s and 70s. She's got the Golden Globe in 74 for uh, Best Actress in a Musical or Comedy for her role in The Three Musketeers. But many people will remember her uh, and the iconic image of her in the poster for One Million Years BC. And she was, you know, in the infamous deerskin bikini. And, you know, obviously after that, then she became regarded as a major sex symbol. However, it was the poster that I'm talking about uh, from this movie that people will remember most because of its huge significance to the plot in Shawshank Redemption. And that's where I would have sort of, I suppose, known who Raquel Welch was from that image of her on the prison wall. And people will know, you know, the movie it's based on the Stephen King novel Andy Dufresne he's falsely imprisoned for killing his wife and uh, he's seen as this model prisoner he's allowed certain privileges and one of these is a huge poster of Raquel Welch from the movie One Million uh, One Million Years BC and people will m- remember if you've seen the movie because behind the poster Andy toils for 20 years digging a hole in the wall to tunnel his way out of jail and there's just I had to play it today it's an iconic part of this movie. Spoiler alerts if you haven't seen this, but I think everyone's seen the Shawshank Redemption multiple times at this stage. And this is where the Raquel Welch poster comes into into the scene. Some damn rocks on the windowsill and that cupcake on the wall. Let's ask her. Maybe she knows. What say there, fussy britches? Feel like talking? Ah, oh, guess not. Why should she be any different? This is a conspiracy. That's what this is. One big damn conspiracy! And everyone's in on it! Including her. brilliant absolutely brilliant they discovered the hole behind the poster and Raquel Welch she will be forever important for so many reasons obviously but for me it's that moment in the Shawshank Redemption 
Maroon 5 with memories. Your memory might be a little fuzzy, particularly after seven drunken nights. Yeah. Seven Drunken Nights, the story of the Dubliners play is going to be shown in the TLT Theatre in Drogheda on Sunday, February 26th. This uh, play tells the story of a career spanning 50 years and involves the spirit of Ronnie Drew, Luke Kelly, Barney McKenna, John uh, Sheehan, Kieran Burke and Jim McCann. I want to give you tickets to the show. Would you like to go along to see this fantastic story, Seven Drunken Nights, the story of the Dubliners? If you'd like to go along, all you have to do is answer this very simple question. I want you to fill in the missing word in the famous Dubliners song. The blank I knew so well. The blank I knew so well. What word replaces blank there? If you think you know, Send in your details 086 1800 658. Don't forget to put your name on it as well. And I've got two pairs of tickets up for grabs. We'll give those away towards the end of the show. Now, Louth-based mum entrepreneurs have been named as finalists in the Small Firms Association National Business Awards for this year. We're going to meet two of the mum entrepreneurs, Jenny Diamond and Astrid Hamilton from Nanny Payroll. They're joining me after these. The 11 to 1 show. A payroll company in County Louth has been named as a finalist in the Outstanding Small Business category at this year's Small Firms Association National Business Awards. Founded by sisters Jenny Diamond and Astrid Hamilton, along with their childhood friend Fiona, Nanny Payroll take the hassle out of figuring out nanny tax for working parents. I'm delighted to have sisters Jenny Diamond and Astrid Hamilton on the line with me now. Good morning, ladies. Good morning. Good morning. Great to have you both with me on the programme. Congratulations, first of all, on reaching the, the final stages of the competition. But firstly, tell me a little bit more about the Small Firm Association National Business Awards. Uh, yeah, so we're uh, delighted and honoured to be uh, a finalist in the Outstanding Small Business category. Um, so the awards have been a really exciting and great experience for us. It's not just the kind of awards ceremony itself it's, uh, there's a whole process involved there's master classes networking events and it's been really great to get to meet some other people running small businesses in Ireland and hear about the fantastic ideas that, that people have so it's been a really really great process for us to be involved in yeah the networking aspect of it absolutely yeah would be invaluable to the likes of yourselves the networking side of things yeah absolutely it's just been so great to hear other people's ideas and bounce ideas off each other um, and just getting to know um, people um, who are operating small businesses in Ireland. And there's just such a raft of talent out there. And it's been really, really beneficial just to get ideas from other people yeah. and to hear about what other things are going on. Yeah, completely. I, I, and, you know, I truly marvel at women who come up with these ideas, these life changing business ideas whilst on maternity leave, no less. I mean, <laughs> t- tell me how the idea for the company came about. So it started... Um, it started years ago. My brother had a nanny when his children were small and he asked me to um, run the payroll for him And because I, I have an accountancy background. Now, him and his wife, they're both engineers. They're really clever. They've brains to burn, but they just didn't have the time to figure out how it all worked. So I did it for him and then I got to talking with Astrid and Fiona and that's sort of how the, the idea for Nanny Payroll came up, just to because there are busy working families and they just don't have time to figure it out. So we set it up and um, like the first, I laugh at the first couple of meetings that we had because 
I was on maternity leave. I think we had three small kids between us. I don't think we had a meeting in the first six months that we didn't have a baby present at. Um, But I mean, that kind of positions us in a good place that we understand, we really fully understand what the busy families are facing and how, you know, I read a, a recent survey that said that the average working parent has 32 minutes of free time per, wow. per day. 32 minutes. Oh, my God. When you break it down like that, that's fairly small. Oh, my God. So people don't want to um, be spending that doing their admin. But when I mentioned that 32 minutes at the local baby group here in Cooley, the response was just people going, I'd love to have 32 minutes (laughs) (laughs) free time a day. Yeah, we don't have a minute because it's it, it, we, we're thinking about everybody else absolutely but ourselves. But but Astrid, was it daunting initially when you started out? Because um, I don't know about you guys, but I have a major imposter syndrome, particularly when it comes to taking on a big challenge. How did you feel about it initially, Astrid? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, it is daunting to take the leap. Um, but I suppose that's something we've learned along the way is, you know, don't let uh, perfect be the enemy of good. And sometimes you just have to go for it. Um, so, so yeah, it was hard to take the leap. And I suppose for us, as Jenny says, you know, we, we live and breathe this. Coming back off maternity leave is a really vulnerable time for people. Mm. And that's what we really understand about families. They're trying to navigate a system at a time in their life that's quite vulner- that they're quite vulnerable. And it's the same with carers. You know, if there's somebody's caring for an elderly relative, it's quite a vulnerable time in your life. So we're really just helping families to navigate that time. Absolutely, and and, and and I know that you guys, yeah, absolutely, and I know you guys branched into into another aspect of the company during COVID, which I'll chat about in a minute. But um, whilst Jenny and Fiona come from accounting backgrounds, your background is slightly different, Astrid. It is, yes. So, so I come from a public sector background. Um, so I have experience in you know project management and a bit around uh, HR as well. So, you know, for me, it was a bit more daunting because, you know, it's, it wasn't my wheelhouse. Yeah. But uh, equally, you know, I, I have different skills that I could bring. And I think that's how we, we really gel together as a team is that, you know, we have completely different skill sets and we can focus on different aspects of the business. And I think that's really one of our strengths of why we work well together. Well, that's good that you said that because I was going to ask, you know, sisters, are there any sisterly quarrels? <laughs> Leak, seek, sweep into the business. But because I think you'd know we'd be lying to you if I said no. <laughs> but because we've all known, I mean, Fiona grew up around the corner from us. She's practically one part of the family as well, you know. So there's nothing that that we're secretly thinking that we haven't said to each other. And that's how that's how it works for us, you know. It's it's every everything is said. Nothing is just quietly thought. Yes, <laughs> be transparent, get it out there in the open and you can move on, absolutely. So Nanny Payroll has been such a lifesaver, I mean, for so many businesses. I mean, I can only imagine kind of how productivity will have increased for, for companies, that kind of thing. Tell us a little bit about what you guys do day to day. So we run the we, we run payroll for people who have a nanny or a minder or a carer in their home. But we also provide a lot of kind of support and advice about being an employer in the home. So if you have a nanny in your home or a carer in your home or any domestic worker in your home, you become their employer. And then with that becomes gives them rights and gives you responsibility. So it can be a bit daunting for people. And so that's kind of what, where we come in. We provide advice. We give them employment contracts. We, we're on the phone if there's a problem and... 
Um, people just seem to like that sort of support. And I mean, a lot of our business comes from word of mouth, from people telling their friends. And there's a few mummy WhatsApp groups that go about, and that seems to um, that, that seems to generate a lot of business for yes. us. And people saying, "Use these guys; they take a lot of the stress away." And um, we get a lot of. Um, we get a lot of referrals that way. That's fantastic. And I mean, there's so many of those involved in so many of those mums WhatsApp groups. <laughs> I know what they're like, absolutely. But, you know, you, you guys are, are busy mums as well. I mean, how, how do you kind of strike this lovely work-life balance that seems to elude the rest of us? I mean, we're all about flexible working. And I mean, that's, I think, one of the kind of pillars of our success in the Outstanding Small Business Awards is the sort of culture that we have in Nanny Payroll is we we are a very supportive employer and we support flexible working, we support um, remote working. You know, if somebody has to take their kid to the doctors, that's fine. You know, mm-hmm. the work gets done and that's kind of the way we, we have to operate. So I think, I mean, for any working parent, the challenges are still there. You know, yeah. I think what is sacrificed instead and to have the flexibility to do that is, like I mentioned earlier, your me time kind yeah. of probably goes by the wayside. But, you know, work gets done and the family challenges get met and that's kind of first and foremost in, in my mind anyway. Yeah, that's the priority. And, and Astrid, you mentioned it there, uh, you alluded to it there, but you, you launched another aspect to the business during lockdown. Tell me about this. We did, yes. Yeah. So we've now branched into carer payrolls. So I suppose during the pandemic, uh, it really highlighted um, the the need or the want for people to keep elderly relatives um, at home and care for them at home as long as possible. Um, and it really was from a few people approaching us to say, we we need this service for a carer. It's not quite the same. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's similar, but um, th- this is something. So it originally came from people asking us um, of us, um, so, so we decided to launch into it then. So we've launched care payrolls and essentially it's the same services as a payroll service for um, people who employ a care to look after an elderly relative. Um, but it was really during the pandemic that that, that, that kind of crystallised as an idea. Yes, we because... To launch it, yeah. And then we were able to add value as well because there's uh, tax relief that carers can um, claim. Uh, so that's yes. another service that we're able to offer. Fantastic. So you have all that knowledge as well. And I mean, you know, most businesses, you know, struggled during COVID, unfortunately, but you guys thrived uh, throughout the struggle. Yeah. And I think part of that um, really was people recognised the importance of, um, you know, paying people through the books Mm. because it is important. And I know that sometimes it's viewed as a bit of a administrative burden or a regulatory burden, but actually people really realised the value of it because when it came to claiming things like uh, COVID pandemic payments, yep. people realised that you really do need to be paying your stamps and looking after your staff if, if you want to keep them and retain them. So I, I think for us, people realised the importance of that and also people realised the importance of childcare, I think. Oh God, yeah, issue we did. Pandemic. Yeah. And it really came under the spotlight. So, so for us, we were able to help families navigate that and we were kind of uniquely placed to help families uh, during the pandemic. So I think that really, um, really allowed us to help families navigate a really, really difficult, unprecedented time. Yeah, it really was. And I mean, the company's only up and running five years, you know, thriving through COVID. And now to be at the final stage of these awards, it must be a real pinch me moment, Jenny, is it? Yeah, well, we're, we are 
we always pride ourselves in being able to stop and smell the roses and we uh, we celebrate the small wins and and like I say when we look back at some of the old small wins they seem so minor but they seem massive to us at the time like the we we you can purchase the subscriptions on our website nannypayroll.ie and carepayroll.ie and the first time that we got a sale on that <laughs> you know, we were <laughs> celebrating and cheering and you know every small thing along the way which when we look back seems really minor but at the time it was such a uh, such a big deal and such a big you know moment of success for us so but it's about celebrating those you know initial particularly in the initial stages as well because so often you know when you get wrapped up in the day to day you can forget about those things that set you on your way yeah. so we're um we're looking forward to having the, the award ceremony is on the 9th of March and we're yes. um we're looking forward to just the party apart from anything else you know to celebrate Nanny Payroll and how far we've come and Oh well, look. We are now. There's more than just the three of us now, so we're all going. And (laughs) well, that's fantastic that you've branched out even to 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 hire more staff is amazing. So the ninth of March is the big night. Uh, I look at. I've no doubt you're going to walk away with this trophy. It's fantastic. But what advice would you give, particularly to other women who would love to go into business for themselves, but are perhaps you know a bit self sabotaging? They like to procrastinate a bit too much about this. Well, we have a we have a saying that we always say to each other in Nanny Payroll when we're when something comes up and we're not sure whether to do it. We say to the other one, "If you were ten percent braver, would you do it?" And if the answer is yes, then you have to do it. And I that's, love that. That's the rule. <laughs> I love that. I'm going to adopt that in my own life for things. I love it. I really do. Well, I wish you both and and Fiona the very best of luck in the finals. I really hope that you win. But continued success with Nanny Payroll and Carer Payroll. Thank you both so so much for for joining me today. Thanks so much, Nancy. Thanks a million, Jenny Diamond, Astrid Hamilton, two of the founding members of Nanny Payroll. You can find out more information about them: nannypayroll.ie and carerpayroll.ie. The eleven to one show here for you. Going back in time now and a famous tennis player popping up in the Northeast Update. LMFM Northeast Update with Senator Windows. Senator Windows products will help you create a secure, comfortable, energy efficient home you're proud of. Call 0818 777 on this day, 1959, John McEnroe, American tennis player, was born. A happy birthday to him. And today is Innovation Day. Anytime a person comes up with a new idea, product or service that advances modern technology and finds new ways of doing things, they've been part of an innovation. So it's about creating and coming up with new ideas. LMFM Northeast Update with Senator Windows. Creating the perfect home is a journey. Let us guide you. Visit our Drada, Dundalk and new Navin showrooms. Discover more at senatorwindows.ie. The brilliant Paul Brady, Crazy Dreams and LMFM's 11 to 1. Still to come, how a breakdancer became a priest. Plus, I've got your TV viewing covered. The 11 to 1 show. A new film about the life of Billy the Kid starring an Oscar-nominated Irish actor. More details on the way. We've seen many versions of Billy the Kid on the screen, but none like this. Oscar nominee Barry Keoghan is all set to reunite with American Animals director Bart Layton for a new film about the 1800s US outlaw Billy the Kid. And Barry says his interest 
was in trying to tell a version that breaks down all this facade, kind of cool, calm gunslinger that Billy the Kid, uh, you know, people recognise him for. He says, I want to humanise him in a way. And, uh, you know, Barry Kogan has been very vocal about, you know, his his own upbringing and his time living with foster families. So he says Billy the Kid's life resonated deeply with him. He says, I want to step outside the legend that was built up by the papers and tackle the pressure he must have felt from those early days. He was running his whole life. So the film is going to be produced by Element Pictures alongside the UK's Raw and Film 4 is involved in this as well. And uh, Ed Guiney, who has worked with Barry Keoghan before, said this isn't just a passion project for Barry. This approach is something new and it's a version of the tale we hope the world will want to see. Barry Keoghan, Billy the Kid, of course we're going to want to see it. When does it uh, hopes to kind of release and all that sort of stuff? Well, the, the planning is to actually only begin filming in the first half of next year so we're going to have to watch this space but very excited to see what Barry Keoghan will bring to the role of Billy the Kid. Now, time to see what else is happening in the world of showbiz. The Buzz on LMFM. Keep up to date with all the latest news and on the LMFM app. Hi, I'm Crossy. S Club 7 have announced they're reuniting for a UK and Ireland tour this October. This is to mark their 25th anniversary. We caught up with Rachel Stevens from the band who tells us how she's feeling. I feel like, and I think we all feel like this, that it's come at such an amazing time and we're all really feeling very positive and excited about being back together and getting up on stage and bringing it to a new audience. Rihanna and her family are on the front cover of the next issue of British Vogue. It's the first proper time fans get to see Rihanna, ASAP Rocky and their baby. Katy Perry commented on the post this morning saying, Heavenly angel full of light. Lizzo performed her track special on the BBC this week. Here it is. I let you know. That's The Buzz. I'm Crossy. The Buzz on LMFM. Keep up to date with all the latest news and gossip on the LMFM app. Oh, I'm loving that Lizzo track. And now, uh, from celebrity news to local news, because for the first time in decades, Beliver are going to host a St. Patrick's Day parade, which is fantastic news. Spotted this online this morning and the preparations are well underway. They promise a great day out in the village. There's a committee on board with this and a lady called Claire O'Mara she really got the ball rolling and said for years she wondered why there was nothing in the village for St. Patrick's Day and everybody sort of left you know on St. Patrick's Day to go to parades and at the boy trim Navin those kind of areas and she thought that really there should be something in Beliver shops should be decorated all of that so she put a proposal together went to the community council Everything is very supportive there and there's full steam ahead for the parade. They've 15 entries so far. The number is growing all of the time. There's local football clubs, Irish dancing school, scouts, preschools involved. There's loads of organisations in the village getting involved in this. So fantastic news to see that Beliver is going to host their first St. Patrick's Day parade in quite some time. 
John Legend, all of me. How does a break dancer become a priest? Well, we're going to find out. We're going to be joined by Brian Sh- Father Brian Shorthall. He is part of three big concerts that are going to be organised for the homeless. We'll join Brian next. The 11 to 1 show. How does a former breakdance hip-hop and rap-loving skateboarder end up in the priesthood, devoting his life to serving his community and in particular working tirelessly to support the homeless in his work as a Franciscan priest with the Capuchin Order? Well, we're about to find out. I'm delighted to welcome one of life's positive people, a man who loves to find hope in challenging situations, Father Brian Shorthall. He's director of the Padre Pio Apostolate. He's a priest with the Capuchin Order. He's on the line with me now. Father Brian, you're very welcome. How are you getting on how are you doing Sarah that's a fantastic introduction by the way Oh, you're, look, I love you're... that I love that I, I, it amuses me when I actually watch and I see kind of these breakdancing pre- well skateboarding priests <laughs> or, or ex-basketball playing priests and all and I kind of feel God it's a bit of a gimmick you know and the truth of the matter is we all come from something and we all we all, we all kind of the seeds were sown back in the day in some way and I mean I was yeah in the 80s breakdancing was a craze most of the lads that I knew were, were into breakdancing and and, and uh, the hip hop culture and and that's 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 who I am. I guess that's you know? who you are. Absolutely. Now, my mother definitely wouldn't have wanted me listening to rap music. You know the colourful language, that kind of thing. How did you get away with it, now, Father? Uh, well, now you know. In fairness, rap music in the old school was was a little bit more benign. I mean, Run Run, run DMC were calling all all kids to go to school and not to yes. not, not to be not you know it's all brand new, never ever off school. You know, the King of Rock. So we, we it was it was it was feel good. There are there is there is a sinister element. There there had been a sinister element and is a sinister element, and 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 you know the I guess the sort of offensive stuff you know but life is like that where we have to kind of live in a world where that's a feature and uh, but but it was there was there was a couple of colourful moments alright and you'd have to turn the sound down you know when you were playing the record <laughs> I love that you just broke into it so effortlessly as well there Father I mean you know at parties particularly right uh, in somebody's house after a few too many lemonades let's say my husband will break out the windmill breakdance move I mean, he seems to only really be able to do it after the lemonades. But, you know, would you be ever tempted to kind of, you know, break out a move every now and again? Oh, no, <laughs> I couldn't. I, I, I moonwalk and maybe a bit Ooh. of sort of, uh, uh, you know... Uh, if you moonwalked onto the altar, uh, do you know what I mean? Uh, well, People you know, will go yeah, to Mass a, more. That's a gimmick. And they wouldn't go to Mass more, to be honest with you. That, <laughs> no. They say that, they say that, but they wouldn't. That's all kind of a gimmick. I, I, I don't kind of, I don't go in for that kind of stuff. No, no. It, it, is, it, is, it, is, it is really interesting pet to have, all right, a former breakdancing priest, you know. It is, it is, it absolutely is. But, you know, I always had this idea that people who are called to serve God had this mm. sort of divine epiphany. But sometimes it can happen in the simplest way. How did it happen for you? More or less all of us uh, have these moments where we encounter the Lord in our lives in everyday ways. And and uh, I would be very worried about somebody who kind of stands in front of me and says, well, Jesus appeared to me half an hour ago and we have to join up. I don't think it works like that. I'm not saying it never works like that, but 99.9% of the time, it's a feeling, it's an attraction, it, it, you know, and it's homegrown. Um, you know, when I was a small fella, I dressed up as Luke Skywalker on a Monday, Superman on a Tuesday, you know, Dracula on a Wednesday, and I said mass for my siblings on a Thursday. There were seven of us. You know, we, we all played make-believe, and we had discos. You know, we played ABBA, and we played Adam and the Ants, and we played, you know, Boney M, and, and mm-hmm. all the, the albums that my dad bought us for, 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 for kind of Christmas and stuff like that. 
and it started the seed is sown there and and then when I became a teenager and I went out with a couple of girls and uh, when I was uh, you know with the breakdancing team we dro- we we wore the same track suits and and the the the, the we we kind of used Mr Sheen to polish up our our, our leather uh, uh, runners uh, not the expensive ones but the the ones we could afford because there was no money back in the day yeah it's all very normal sir do you know what I mean it's all it's all very down to earth and that's that's how the Lord kind of reaches out to people that's how the Lord kind of speaks to people. I love that. I love that. And as you say, so, so simple. But it was the arrival of a priest from the order that you now joined that into your school. Wasn't that what happened? Yeah, well, you see, what happened was, uh, I mean, we were Sunday mass goers. That was a, mm. pretty much the start and end of it. We went to mass on Sunday as a family. And, uh, you know, um, um, we, we, you know, I think I can remember a few occasions when we tried, but with no success, to say the family rosary. Because you know, anybody who says the family rosary, and it, it is a generation. Oh, you know, where people, I remember oh, this. Everybody Father. giggled and everybody yeah. laughed and everybody kind of, you know, heard the. the but it didn't work. You're sometimes. bringing me back. You're bringing me back. We yeah. all skittered and laughed through yeah, the rosary yeah. at home. Well, yeah, we did. yeah, we did. But you see, the thing is, most of the time we didn't it didn't succeed, and so we didn't do it. But we did go to Sunday mass, and uh, like. You know, I was, my dad used to help out in, in, in uh, help out the clergy in the local mm-hmm. parish. And of course, in, in the 70s and 80s, you know, more people went to Mass, quite frankly. And, you know, the, the, the church was a more visible uh, side of, 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 of kind of community life. And yeah. so, but, uh, and I kind of fancied the idea that maybe I might be a priest someday, but it was, it was way down in the background. But it was only when I kind of was in what we called intercert back in the day, junior cert today, when after intercert uh, in fifth year, um, a, a capuchin from, from Church Street came into our school and he started speaking about St. Francis and Padre Pio and he spoke about um, vocations, what we call what we call today a vocations workshop or a vocations day then, where young men would be invited to go to, to meet the friars and, and hear about what the life is like. And I just did. I don't know why, but I just did. And it kind of, that's how it happened. Now, he wore a brown habit, a brown robe and the white cord. And I just thought, that's amazing. You know, I just thought this, is, I, for some strange reason, like it was like, again, it was it was like taking me back to the, to the, to the, to the make-believe thing, you know. Yes. But that's how it works. It happens in the everyday. It happens in the normal. And now, or last year, you celebrated, was it 25 years since your ordination? That's that's quite the milestone. Well, you see, yeah, it is the milestone because we, we join and we make our perpetual profession after six or seven years. In my case, it was seven years and then ordination after 10 years. So, in fact, the clock started ticking in, in 89 when I, you know, when I began the beginning of my second year. Uh, as a novice, and mm-hmm. then uh, so I've been I've been what thirty five, thirty six years in the order, twenty five yeah. years as a priest. So it's been a, it's been it's been look it's been it's been wonderful. Um, it's been it's been an honour. It's been, it's been my honor, it's been my privilege, but it's been tough. I mean, like you know, life is is tough for everybody. I mean, it's maybe not as tough for me in in the sense that I I, I you know I, I live in a religious life and I live in community and. I mean, I know my own families, my own siblings, I mean, three of them are married and they've kids mm-hmm. and all. That's tougher. I mean, when you're raising kids, when you're kind of in a relationship, that's very hard. When you're trying to work, you know, mortgages. I mean, tell me about Yeah, I would be impervious to that in some sense, but mm. I do know about it because I love my siblings and I know and I hear their story. 
and I worry when they worry. So uh, uh, you know, it, it, like you take you share the burden. I, I understand do, completely. I do, and I pray. Of course, I pray for them very much. Mm-hmm. But like, I am, I am very lucky. I am very blessed, and I'm very spoiled, Sinead. You know what I mean? Well, that's good to hear. And you know, you as I mentioned there in the intro, you are somebody that likes to focus on positivity. And in fact, you've written a couple of books on this. And I think particularly now, and definitely sort of in post-COVID times, there's a lot of negativity out there. And you know, we do see this in the media. We tend to drive it a lot. Well, you see, there is a lot of negativity, and let's let's be absolutely fair. I mean, I'm not trying to kind of you know massage over people's troubles, and you know, because as I said again. I mean, the work I do at the moment, I, I, I've been working in hospital chaplaincy. I was working school chaplaincy. And for the last 12 years, I was a, I was a parish priest. Now I'm heading up this kind of new capuchin ministry. Now, it was always there, but we're really putting some energy into the, the Padre Pio work. Mm-hmm. Padre Pio is a big appeal for people. And, yes. You know, people kind of like to kind of to to to. Um, uh, we have sort of the relics and we have the, yep. for people to venerate and stuff and, and a lot of people especially people who are sick and in hospital you know ask through the chaplaincy only through the chaplaincy we don't rock up to a hospital and just kind of presume to go in it has to be done through the proper channels so people will ask for the relic to be brought to the hospital mm-hmm. so, and I know it's it's tough out there and I mean you know it is tough out there but we for all the bad news you have to be it's, it's important as well for, for your own mental health to think positive yeah you know? Yeah, it really is. And to try and find something, there's guaranteed, even in the in the most difficult circumstances, there is something that you can find. Yeah. Yeah. And speaking of people who are at their, their, their absolute lowest, you yeah. are working tirelessly with the uh, homeless through the Capuchin Daycare Centre, doing tremendous work. Mm. That's set up now 40 years on the go. 53 50, years. 53 uh, years, I, I, wow. I, 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 we have, um, the, the, the team over there are just amazing. They're inspirational. And, uh, you know, the manager there and the team and, uh, you know, Brother Kevin, of course, founded it in 1969 for the purposes of uh, helping homeless men, as it was at the time, mm. leave hostel, who leave hostels to go and have a cup of hot soup or a cup of tea and, and then eventually to get, you know, um, 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 clothing, uh, you, you know, gloves, hat scarves, um, and and they'd nowhere to go during the day. And what's sad and what's kind of tragic and what's kind of quite frustrating is that 54 years later in 2023, people mm-hmm. are still leaving hotels and hostels, mm-hmm. especially mums and children who are homeless, with nowhere to go to change an app or feed a baby. So the Capuchin Day Centre provides a space and a family space now for 70 people. But do you know what I just was reminded of today? Mm-hmm. And I think it's a wonderful story. Yeah. They, they, so they had a small family area for mums and dads and children um, and, 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 you know, families and kids yeah. to sit and eat. So they decided we need to expand this. So they expanded it to fit 70 people, uh, 50 to 70 people. And what they can do there is they can have birthdays, cut a yes. cake, you know, have a little party for the kids, make it like, but this is a family thing, you know. Yeah. And they got a contractor in to build this building, you know, on the site, on the day centre, just attached to the day centre. And the contractor said, I'll do it under one condition. I'll do it for free. Wow. But I don't want, I don't want anybody to know I did this. Wow. And it was 750k. And he did it for free. Amazing. And all he said was, I don't, I don't want, I want to do this and I want it to be anonymous. 
So that is the generosity of people, from small ways to great ways. Of course, the government give a subvention, 450 grand a year, to the day centre. Mm. But the real jewel in the crown is the voluntary donations, because that's how the homeless, that's how, that's how, that's how the, 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 the machine, you know, keeps going. That's, that's amazing when you see the level of generosity like that. It really is. And I know, you know, the work is, is, is very challenging, but when you see something like that, it must be so rewarding. It must kind of give you faith in the, and I know you have faith in the higher purpose, but it reinforces that. Well, well, it does because you see, it, it comes through ordinary people. It comes through ordinary people. I mean, from from the kids, you know, who uh, I was around Smithfield one day when I was a few years ago. I was parish priest. One of the summers days, and there was local local kids, and they were at their gate, boys and girls, you know, six seven years of age. I mean, one day they'd probably be the Richard Branson's of this world and the Elon Musk's of this world. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know, and they're there at the thing, and they're selling small stones that were coloured with with markers and paint. <laughs> I love it. And they were going, yeah, and, and like there was, one of them was kind of cute enough to stand out and actually doorstep people, you know, and I was walking by and I was in my habit and, ah, oh, Father Brian, Father Brian, my story, do you want to buy something we're, we're supporting Brother Kevin? So I took a fiver out and I bought two stones. Look, little things like that. Yeah. Just, just, just melts the heart. And it really does. And, and, and that, by the way, that's not unusual and that's not unique. That happens. I've seen that happen. We need to stop and, and recognise when it does happen yeah, and do. take it we on do. board. We do. We do. Yeah, absolutely. And there's these three big concerts that are going to be organised yeah. next month. They're going to be really brilliant. All the funds are raised, are going to the centre. Tell us yeah. about this. Well, so it was mooted about three years ago. Um, Pat Egan got in touch. and uh, Wonderful man. It, it, yeah, absolutely. And it's sort of, it's, it's you know, like everything else, we all we all went into a kind of, most of us, or some of us went into a kind of a suspended animation, although <laughs> we were able to function, certainly in my life, we were able to function on, on social media and we were able to say mass and say the rosary and reach out on social media. And it was, social media was a lifesaver. But so it, it, it's, it's basically, we've, 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 we've kind of, it's kicked off again. And so, um, we have Red Hurley and we have Donna Taggart and we have the Church Street Choir and we have all other people. We have Angus McAnally yep. uh, and uh, he's going to narrate it and do MC. And uh, on the 11th of March, it's in the National Concert Hall. And on the 12th of March, it's in the Cork Opera House. And in, on the 16th of March, it's in the University Concert Hall in Limerick. And then the hope is, we, we will keep people posted about that, the hope is that we want, we take it on the road a bit. Oh, so can we come into a place near you? Um, now that's, again, that's we, we want to see how the first three go first. Yeah and then we'll have a conversation about how we go forward. But um, it's in aid of the Caption Day Centre and uh, it's a concert for Padre Pio. Mm-hmm. So it's it's really, not, we're not sort of trying to kind of use Padre Pio as a sort of a, a byline, but what yeah. it is is we know that Padre Pio has a great appeal and we know that people are drawn to him because he's a saint of our time. He only died in 1968. Well, he's you yeah, yeah. You he forget that sometimes, video. yeah, yeah. yeah. So, you know, it, it, and it's a labour of love for a few people who kind of have a great love for Padre Pio because mm-hmm. maybe their family or somebody, you know, like my own Nana, whose birthday is on the 11th of March, by the way. It's kind of a nice bookend. Yes. My own Nana, who passed away in 91, she introduced me to Padre Pio when wow. I was a small fellow, but 
two, four years of age, five years of age, because nanas did that. Like, nanas are great that way. Nanas and granddads are really the. Oh, where would we be without them? I mean, in the middle of a midterm break, half of the half of the nation's children are being minded by nanas and grandas. Absolutely, my own mother is in that boat now, and I mean, she has she has although though two of them are with their mommy and daddy, they're going off to to the Canaries for 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 a few days. So, so, uh, but uh, but like she 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 certainly is the the great backup and the great the great support. Like all nanas and grandads are, mommies and grannies are. That's all you know. They they really are. But are you hopeful that, that? one day things will change that there won't be such a demand for centres like the Capuchin Daycare Centre there's always hope and things will change uh, but it's we, we probably have to take the scenic route to this unfortunately you know mm. Mm. Father Brian, it's been so lovely chatting with you on the show. On the show, I've no doubt that Likewise. the concerts are going to really uh, sell out, and I really do hope that you come back mm. around and hopefully you're around this neck of the woods again. Uh, but for now, thank you so much for joining thank me. You. Thanks thank a million. You. The concerts are happening. Uh, they're all for the Homeless Daycare Centre. They're taking place on the Saturday, the 11th of March in the National Concert Hall. That's probably the most local one to us here. The tickets are on sale now. NCH.ie The 11 to 1 show. I'm in much better form after that. I mean, it was a good form earlier, but after that chat with Father Brian Shorthill, I'm just beaming here. James has been on from a breakdancing priest to a priest on a hoverboard. One Christmas in New Jersey, I went to Midnight Mass and the priest came up from the back of the church on one of those little hoverboards and you couldn't see his feet with his robes and it looked like he was just hovering. When he got to the top, he's done a few spins around, then off to the side and then the choir kicked in. Absolutely amazing. Love it, James. Thanks so much for sharing that LMFM Job Search with thanks to LMFM Online check out the latest Northeast news sport and entertainment on lmfm.ie Home Instead is recruiting new and experienced caregivers in the Meath area for details check out careers.homeinstead.ie Dolly's Bar in Belfadox Lane are looking for a friendly and professional bartender to join their excellent team. Please email your CV to infodollysbar at gmail.com. And AIS Automation Limited Dundalk require a senior controls automation engineer. Salary ranges from 50 to 60,000. Please apply with your CV to paul.d at aisautomation.ie. Don't forget all of the details of those jobs can be found on our local job section on lmfm.ie. LMFM Job Search. Getting back to our competition. Seven Drunken Nights, the story of the Dubliners play. It's on in the TLT Theatre Drogheda Sunday, February 26th. This play tells the story of a career spanning 50 years, invokes the spirit of Ronnie Drew, Luke Kelly, Barney McKenna, John Sheehan and Kieran Burke and Jim McCann. Tickets are available from the TLT.ie box office. I have two pairs of tickets up for grabs. All you have to do is fill in the missing word in the Dubliners song. The blank I knew so well. The blank I knew so, so well. What is that blank? 086 658. We're going to pick winners for that very, very shortly. Now, if you're not sure what you want to watch on television, I've got you covered with all the details next. Oh, the 11 to 1 show. L-M-F-M.
It's all documentaries this week, starting tonight, BBC Two, and this is brilliant. Inside our autistic minds, it's called. It's on. It's on a little late. It's on after midnight. But this is the second of two documentaries in which Chris Packham helps people on the autism spectrum create short films that reveal what is really going on inside their minds. I saw a clip of this on social media the other day. Had to give it a watch. Uh, but he meets Anton, a teaching assistant and trans DJ with deep love of uh, Middlesbrough FC and Ethan. He's a 19-year-old student and aspiring rapper from Essex. So he helps them make films to reveal to their friends and classmates how they feel about change, hypersensitivity to noise, that kind of thing. And a lot of this um, really goes into the idea of people who have autism kind of masking aspects of how the autism, I suppose, presents in them physically. And it's really, really interesting. So it's Inside Our Autistic Minds it's BBC Two tonight just after midnight quarter past twelve moving to Monday night and another really brilliant documentary going back to what we were kind of discussing yesterday with Mary Kennedy but it's on RTE1 at 9.35 it's called Super Agers and this is examining the positive aspects of ageing by observing older people whose physical and mental ability could be considered exceptional for any age and there's a fantastic lady from Ashburn County Meath who's going to be featured. Uh, so we have 76-year-old Dubliner Brian Began. He's this uh, dapper gentleman with a passion for riding fast horses. But we have 98-year-old Annie Mimi Carey. She's from Ashburn, loves dancing to Barry White and is well known locally for her joie de vivre and her wicked sense of humour. So looking forward to checking that out on Monday night at 9.35. Now, take note true crime fans because there's another documentary series now this time it is airing on Hulu if you have Hulu and uh, it's exploring how a group of students at Sarah Lawrence College in uh, New York fell under the influence of a con man called Lawrence Larry Ray. He was eventually convicted of conspiracy, extortion, sex trafficking, among many other uh, offences. It's called Stolen Ute Inside the Cult at Sarah Lawrence. Here's a little taster from the trailer for you. Extortion, sex trafficking, money laundering and racketeering. I was in a freaking cult. We called it the Sarah Lawrence bubble. It feels like its own little world. They were trying to attract the kind of students who were outcasts in high school. We were all really open to possibilities. Talia, who lived in the house, said, hey guys, this is my dad. He just looked like a dad. Talia characterized her dad as a hero. He was in the CIA doing psyops. Parachuting into places. He was practically James Bond. Talia's like, my dad is going to be staying here. We were going to be accommodating. He would crash on our couch. He did exude a sense of authority. You have a problem? Larry probably has a solution. He unveils to us his philosophy called Quest for Potential. Everyone was transfixed. You shine, kid. Thanks, Larry. I started to believe what he told me about me. Looks really, really good. So it's got first-hand interviews with the victims, other material that offers background on the origins of the cult as well, created by Ray at this private college and the events that led up to his conviction. So it's called Stolen Youth Inside the Cult at Sarah Lawrence, airing on Hulu. It's out now at the moment on Hulu, if you have that. And those are my TV recommendations for this week. Paddy Casey with Living on LMFM's 11 to 1. Want to remind people that you can check out exclusive Premier League games live every Saturday 
on lmfm.ie and on the LMFM app powered by TalkSport and there's three games for this Saturday so 12.30 Aston Villa versus Arsenal also we have at 3 o'clock Nottingham Forest versus Man City and at half five we have Newcastle United versus Liverpool so that's all uh, happening lmfm.ie Premier League Live with Harvey Norman your home of the big screen want to say congratulations to Orla Mead in our D and Eunice Nolan you were going along to Seven Drunken Nights the story of the Dubliners in the TLT of course it was the town I knew so well was the missing word there so congratulations to you I will have more tickets to give away on tomorrow's show that is our lot for today thank you so much for your company chat to you tomorrow The 11 to 1 show 